0: i'm angela kelly robeck host of the empowered principal podcast a part of the education podcast network just like the show you're listening to now shows on the network are individually owned and opinions expressed may not reflect others find other education podcasts at edupodcastnetwork.com hey welcome back steve here and today i'm talking with harvey the college wizard he is Awesome. Harvey will share with you how to help your college-bound junior senior get the score that she needs to get accepted to the college of her dreams. So much to learn today. You are going to love, love, love this show. Matter of fact, you're going to wish that uh, um, you knew Harvey way back when uh, you were uh, applying to colleges and taking the SATs and all those things. Good stuff. Thanks for listening. And By the way, it would be so cool if you uh, shared the podcast with a friend, uh, a colleague, a family member and said, hey... Do you listen to Teaching, Learning, Leading K-12, the podcast? Well, you should, and here's the link. I'd love it if you did that. And also, you know, how about a rating and review? Go to stephenmoletto.com slash reviews, and you can leave a nice review about the podcast. Thanks so much. You are awesome. Enjoy the show.
1: It's the education podcast, your favorite show, with lots of groovy guests, and they share what they know. So crank it up to ten and let your neighbors know that here's another show with Dr. Steemalletto, teaching, learning, leading K-12, teaching, learning, leading K-12, teaching, learning, leading K-12, ah
0: ah, with Dr. Steemalletto. The story of how Harvey Wizard became an internet multimillionaire in the early days of affiliate marketing is told in the New York Times bestseller, Get Rich Click. Harvey is a successful serial entrepreneur, the world's winningest college admissions coach, an international bestselling author, award-winning photographer, published songwriter, and globe-trotting stand-up comedian. Which, by the way, you got to watch. He's hilarious. <laughs> and, <laughs> and today, Harvey will tell us not only how to get accepted to schools like Harvard and Stanford without unethical shenanigans like uh, some previous Hollywood people, not to mention any names, (laughs) but but also how the same approach can enable anyone to win at even life's most competitive games. Harvey, thanks for joining me today. Great to have you on the show. Say hi to everyone. Hola from Costa Rica. Hi, Steve. Well, it's awesome to have you here and uh, um, I hope you're enjoying uh, the, I hope you're having good weather in Costa Rica. We're,
1: Well, this is actually rainy season. So we have those two hours of rain a day, but basically I live in a place where it's always 75 degrees. Wow.
0: Wow. (laughs) Nice, nice. I can understand Mm -hmm. that then very (laughs) nice. Yes. (laughs) So, so cool. So I, I I gotta, I gotta ask you a couple of questions as we get started. One of them is, you know, in your bio, I said that you're a serial entrepreneur. Could you talk about what this looks like?
1: Yeah, well I can. I mean, I'm trying to make this concise. Um, it's just that I see everything as a business, right? I started my first business when I was 11 years old because let's do this quickly. I was watching 60 minutes and they did a segment about someone who was winning contests explaining, and this is the same. It's all about this. If you want to win, you have to stand out. If you want to win, you have to stand out travel the road, let travel, do something different. And the point was this person was winning contests. This isn't the old, this is in the seventies. Um, for those who are watching this, uh, because I know it's mostly audio. I'm hoping that I think we're going to get the video later and some people will be able to maybe watch the video on my podcast
0: if they want to see what I look like. But anyway, and I can share um, that with you. I, all my stuff's audio, but I, 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 not a problem.
1: Perfect. Perfect. No, it, it it only, sometimes you need a little bit of the visual because when we talk about me being 63 and we talk about the fact, when I say that I was growing up in the seventies, it has to all make sense. And yes, it was the seventies and the segment was, Oh, you know, if you want to win a contest, you need to, Put in a big envelope. Put put the stamps on backwards in the wrong place, or use weird um, use weird colored markers. Something because in the old days, in contests, it was a human being, and the idea is a human being can be influenced if you do something different. Nice. And I always remember that. So I wanted to get. I wanted to go into photography. I was woman. I said to my mother, do "You know, I want to." i want a camera i want a dark room and she, well happy. You, you, you'll have to you'll have to end that so every sunday you may remember this because it's in the 70s there is the cappy dick coloring contest in the sunday paper nice did you did you remember that i, I, I remember actually that. do i think i do yes yes and and for anybody who's curious you can actually search for cappy dick coloring contest on the net and you will actually be able to see some of those This particular week, it's a small thing to color, and the title was Color the Fireflies. So there's not much to color, just like little dots, and they had a a, a campfire, and they had a little bit of the face of the people, not much to color. Therefore, how can anyone differentiate themselves? So I remembered what I had seen on 60 Minutes, and I created a character. I created Fred the Firefly out of colored paper, and I pasted the entry on his stomach, put it in a big envelope and sent it away. And a month later, I hear, Javi, what did you do? You just won this national contest. <laughs> and I won a set of world book encyclopedias because we were a you know middle-class Jewish family in the 70s and everybody had to have a set of world book encyclopedias. Exactly. You know, education's important to the Jews, you know, because I'm Jewish. But anyway, uh, that's what the prize was. A new set of Book Encyclopedias, sold the old set, used it to buy my first camera and darkroom equipment. And then because it was the 70s, I thought to start calling people at random, because you could for free, you could make local calls for random. I just called and said, hi, I'm a child photographer. Do you have any children in the house? Nice. <laughs> and if I got someone who said yes, I'd said, how would you like a free portrait of your child and basically i would just do you know with no lights or anything just and i started my first photography business when i was 11 that way
0: that's awesome
1: i used to ride my bike but, you know. so but but beyond that i've always seen things entrepreneurially um yeah i have that's was my first business i i made 150 an hour as a street musician so i'm like I consider that a business. That's entrepreneurial, right? Yes, it is. Uh,
0: yes, it is.
1: <laughs> I started a personalized songwriting business, and one of them actually got published in Nashville. I'm also a published songwriter in Nashville and New York, nice. which is a different, you know, we talk about businesses, right? These are all businesses. Um, and we can talk about how I, I'll tell you the story, how I actually became a headlining stand up comedian, which is something I never particularly planned on. It was just for, something for fun that, tr- but I just took the opportunities and made it bigger. Um, I started the largest pregnancy massage center and we ran for 29 years in New York city. Again, entrepreneurial, because at that time um, it was 1991. There were lots of massage therapists, but they are all down in the village in New York city. Um, and, so I saw it was kind of I saw it as incestuous, meaning you've got massage therapists whose clients are other massage therapists and yoga instructors, and it's just like poor, right. poor, poor, poor. Everybody we'll, we'll all be poor together. I was like, I don't want to be poor, <laughs> right? But on the Upper East Side, the most expensive toady part of the city, not many massage therapists. Wow. So we rent a one bedroom apartment in a third floor walk up, because it's all we could afford in the, in the most expensive area, Yorkville and we started advertising for pregnancy massage. Luckily, there was nobody doing it. We had a special table with pregnant women lying in their stomach. We had a woman, her driver would, would this woman was worth millions. Jeez. Her driver would drive her up, park outside, and she would walk the three flights of stairs to get her pregnancy massage. And the way we did it, I had a newborn baby at the time. So the bedroom was the treatment room, we built a loft bed in the living room where we slept on underneath was the crib with my daughter. And next to that underneath the loft bed was also the recording studio and, and the couch we would use either for TV or as the waiting couch. Nice. That was how I first started that business, which by the time we were done was making $3 million a year. So, so there's that. And then, and then when that, started being threatened because I figured, I again, I figured out something that nobody else had figured out that there was a loophole in the insurance contracts. All it said was we will pay for physical therapy procedures in New York state. Massage therapists are legally permitted to that's what their procedures are. They're their physical therapy procedures. Gotcha. So we had, we had all these upreside pregnant women coming for their free massage because we just build the insurance directly and it went great for three years and then when they started saying oh my god we're paying too much money to these people they claimed fraud so they could legally stop paying us and now suddenly 300 grand we're never going to get and we realize this what do i do i go it was right at the beginning of affiliate marketing 2003 i start fucking around i notice this person keeps advertising what is the what are they selling oh they're selling a booklet Oh, I see what they're doing. Oh, I can do that. And the truth is, when I started, it was with the idea we had just bought a house, and all I wanted was $3,000 a month so I wouldn't get lose my new house. Nice. Within two months, I was making $20,000 a month, and that stayed for seven years, working 15 minutes a day.
0: Wow. Oh, my gosh. You definitely see the world differently, don't you? <laughs>
1: I do see the world differently. And then um, – and the college wizard, you know, um, is, it was just something I, I was, I want because i figured out how to beat the SAT entrepreneurially.
0: Nice. Excellent. In,
1: in high school, everybody's saying, study the work study. And I'm already thinking, well, maybe I can shortcut the process because if I can figure out the vulnerability, the test, if I can get behind the test, if I can reverse engineer the test, I can beat it. And that's when I figured out because there had to be a way that the SAT makes sure nobody can successfully sue them and say a second answer is right. Think about how many people would just love, you know, like there could be a Harvard literature professor who would just love to say, I can prove why Johnny's answer is right. The only way you could avoid that is if every answer is a purely objective basis. If it's objective, we should be able to find it. And when I discovered now you're now your listeners should, should perk up their ears because what I'm going to tell you now will get you a perfect SAT score on the PSAT, SAT, SSAT, ACT and LSAT. Let's not the right answer is the only one where every word of that answer matches something in the text you can point to that means the same thing. Fundamentally, Every right answer is a paraphrase of text. That's how they make the answers in the first place. Wow. Example, the text in the SAT reads, why do the flowers have a stronger scent? This is a real SAT question. The right answer that matches reads, what is the reason for the upper limit on the intensity of the flower's aroma? Do You see, it's just a paraphrase. Right. If you find the paraphrase, you beat all the tests. And that's because I was an entrepreneur and that's why I went from 1200 to 1580 in, you know, in a matter of months. And that is why when I say I've got a perfect system, follow my rules and get up. And like, well, how can you say perfect? I said, I didn't say you're going to follow them. <laughs> I said, my rules are perfect. Just like when I say 100% of the students who've ever completed my program have gotten into whatever school they wanted. And the keyword is complete. Gotcha. Because people will mess it up, even when I give them the best. Do you know? Sometimes I've given people the perfect thing, and I knew was the perfect thing, and then they come back to me because they talk to a guidance counselor, they talk to a friend, and then they don't do it. You know. So that's when I say complete it. Please complete it. Or if I tell you it's going to be thirty tests worth of practice, and your kid does five, you really don't have a leg to stand on, there, do you? (laughs) So. (laughs) So and then, and then my comedy, you know, because yeah, everything, it's like, everything can be turned into a business. You can make money with anything. If, but, and this is why I tell people, do what you love, but understand you make money by offering people something they want. That's the whole thing. Most people come up with businesses that nobody wants. Right. That's why you don't make money.
0: Right.
1: <laughs> Do you have a reason? What are you offering someone that they can't get somewhere else, that they can't get somewhere cheaper? If you actually get do something better and you'll make your money, don't be a slouch.
0: <laughs> <laughs> love it. Uh, I love it. That's, uh, that's so cool. And it's just, it's just neat to hear how you see the different aspects of it. Because, you know, like, you know, I, let's, let's go back to the 70s for a minute. One of the things I remember in the 70s, there was a time frame when a, a very popular thing was clap on, clap off. Right. And then they made yes. all kinds of stuff that way. And I'm like, who yeah. wants to clap on and clap off stuff? But- well, that's okay.
1: But that's the other point, okay? And, and comedians make jokes about stuff. You have to look at what do people actually buy. Right. That's why Marvel movies are as popular as they are. I personally, you know, it, they don't interest me. Gotcha. but if you're if you're trying to reach the broadest parts possible segment, that's uh, that's what you do. So the market does sometimes determine what's get at. What so it's so like is a the very fact that they made it on hundreds of products, even though it's silly, yes, it might be silly for you, but there's,
0: and and honestly.
1: I bought a couple. So there you go. <laughs> well,
0: our household, we had a couple different things. They had to clap the well, on. You okay,
1: so guys making fun. But, well, that's, see, at first, I thought you were making, because some of these people make fun of products that they don't buy.
0: Oh, no. We right? bought them. Like, yes.
1: Okay. Well, there you go. But, but it, it, which really gets to the fact, the idea that it's this, it's usually the simplest idea. And even things that I've come up with that have worked amazingly well, after you come up with it, you're like, why didn't I think about that before? That was so easy.
0: This, was cool. yeah. this, this is cool. Yes, This is cool. So you've you, you talked a little bit about, because we're, we're getting ready to get, you know, really dive into the college stuff, but I got to, sure. I got since you brought up your comedy, I got to talk. I mean, I've watched you on the on there. Why, why did you go that direction towards stand up? Cause you're funny. I mean, it's, it's funny, but it's, it's, I mean, it's like, that's gotta be brutal. Well, it used to be this
1: funny. I've gotten funnier because I practice now. Right. Like right. anything in life. Now I practice. So, Which, uh, but no, it, it it's. I think it's something that almost everybody kind of has a, uh, you know, a fantasy about, right? Because oh, yeah. it's, to make people laugh, to make a whole group of people laugh, there's there's the fun. It's incredibly powerful, right? It's this feeling of power when you do it. But when I when I first decided to pursue it, it was really because I'd seen an ad for a comedy class in 2008. Corey Colhaney, hey Corey, if you're listening, now I'm actually now I'm actually a headliner, um, <laughs> <laughs> but. You know, I took the course, they, you know, go, you meet a number of weeks and then you do a showcase where you do five minutes. And, you know, I got some laughs, so it was pretty good. Then, you, then in New York, I started doing a little more. I did these showcases. You don't get paid just going. I had one, I don't know if anybody knows Jim Gaffigan. He's a very successful, no, you know. I know who you're talking about. Right. Yes. So, so, again, I had these little fun moments in my life because I'm doing a showcase. And in stand-up comedy, no matter how big you are, you got to test. You really want to test that in front of a live audience before you go and ask to get paid for it. Makes like two other people think it's funny? And that's why I was immediately, the lineup was me and then Jim Gaffigan. Wow. So I just had that that few sec. I was, I was so excited thinking that he would be join us in the green room, which he did not. He did not <laughs> join all the other loser comedians in the green room, but he ended up to go on the stage. So when I came off the stage, Jim Gaffigan asked me, how's the crowd tonight? Nice. And, and what does that mean? It was just th- that excitement. It was like, oh my God, Jim Gaffigan is treating me for this minute as an equal. That's cool. We're, we're in this business together. And nice. that was very fun. I didn't do it that much. Then I got into all my craziness, which people can find out on my, if, if, if they search for Harvey wizard and they uh, look at my YouTube channel, my comedy tells the story of all the craziness that ensued. I had actually, I actually quit. The idea of comedy because it, it upset me so much someone was calling from the south for me to help with the kid with sat and one of the things my big problem with what i do i it's not really money based um the in, in sense that yes i'm charging money but it's really about finding that kid and whose life can i change who's like can i be instrumental in changing right and so i want to change this kid's because Everything looks great. The next day, the guy calls me. We had this wonderful conversation. He calls me the next day, and he says, what kind of a monster are you? Uh-oh. <laughs> you teach children with that mouth? Because he had found, he'd done a deep dive and found somewhere my comedy, because I All wasn't push, pushing it. And it was just, it, it was so upsetting, and, you know, I went back and forth. Like, I have a right to do this. And I really stopped it because I said, I could hurt a kid there's a kid I could maybe help and the parent won't let me near him because of this. So I took it out. And then in 2019, I'm walking in Dublin and a guy gives me a flyer for stand-up comedy. Like they're having an open mic. And my wife says, Oh, come on. Why don't you do it? And I go and I do it. And I'm like, oh, this is kind of fun. Then we go to Reykjavik Scotland. I do five minutes. Oh, this is kind of fun. Then I go to Prague. They have a real big, you wouldn't know, an English-speaking, it's a very vibrant English-speaking comedy um, group. And, you know, the comedy. And I went and I saw it and I was like, I think, I, and, I, and then I hired a comedy coach. Very important, you know, if you really want to do something and you can hire an expert, that's going to shortcut your process. And the big transformation for me was, at the time I started... In 2008, I was married, i have been married for 28 years. That's going to give you a certain direction for what you're talking about. By 2019, I had been married four times. now I'm my fourth wife. Nice. <laughs> and when the comedy coach, said, "You've been married four times. You've got an act." <laughs> right? And so I started just talking about the stuff that had happened, you know, lately. And in Prague, and it was going really well. And I had said, I think I'm going to be like, the headline just means you're the last to go on. And I said, I think I can pull this off in a few weeks. And by three weeks, I was headlining in Prague. Fine, a 10-minute set. But that's all I had, 10 minutes. We go to Krakow, Poland. And it's very, I see all these interesting things. I go to Krakow, Poland, which happens to be very, very close to Auschwitz. You know, right. and when my mother heard I was going to play there, in fact, she said, Javi, where is Krakow? Oh, yeah, it's in Poland. That's right near Auschwitz. Well, I guess the folks visiting Auschwitz could use a few laughs from a real live Jew. So, that, so that's where, <laughs> so that. So my comedy breakthrough came in Krakow because we we're going to visit there. For the weekend. And my wife sends an email. Could my husband do five free minutes? They send back. Can you send us a tape? I'm thinking, I don't have a good tape. It's like, it was at the very beginning. It's not good. But if I don't send, I'll get nothing. I send the tape. The response is, we'd like to hire you to do 20 minutes before the headliner. I only have 10 minutes of material and it's in four days. Talk to any comedian. They will tell you it can take it's supposed to take 10 years to be a headliner, to have an hour of material, gotcha. 10, 15 minutes of material should take about six months, I have four days, but I've been married four times. <laughs>
0: that's a <that's, that's laughs> <of> fuel there.
1: <laughs> so I basically had to just tell stories of my life. You do, have to, you do have to craft them into jokes, but that was possible. Not possible to memorize it though, So I put it on, I put like the joke ideas on index cards and put them on the comedian stool that you always get. And I kind of made it a cover. Like I was almost, I had so many stories to tell. I was flipping through the cards, which would be the next one, which was really to cover the fact I, how could I have memorized those? They loved it. And they gave me the chance. They said, we want you to headline next time. Wow. Cool. (laughs) And then the pandemic hit and here I am, in Costa Rica, a very Catholic Spanish speaking country, but I decide I'm gonna be a comedy star here. I'm gonna produce my own show. I'm gonna hire another, I'm gonna hire two more comedy coaches and write the hour material. Then, so I don't look like a schmuck doing it for free, I'm gonna hook up with the Costa Rican Animal Rescue Center, where who's gonna get all so now I'm gonna do benefit performances. Oh. It was during the pandemic. And for only a thousand dollars, I was able to get on morning drive radio every morning. Wow. For the month. Nice. I, I flew down to New York City comedians to be my opening acts. And then I went to the shore area where there's a lot of Americans. And I basically knocked on doors trying to find a restaurant or club that would let me do my show for free. And interestingly I'm doing it for free. Right. 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 <laughs> and the first four people they it's like, Whoa. and when I get to the fifth guy it, who happened to be an American and I give him the offer, I'm going to do six shows for you. I'm going to produce them. I'm going to fly down my, the, the other comedians. It's all for charity. I'm going to pre-sell the tickets to charity on my website. You just have to sell them drinks and food. What a deal. How about that?
0: What a deal.
1: Well, that's what, and the, that's what I, he, he, like, he goes, shake my hand. I got to, I got I to, gotta, we, have, we have to seal this deal before you walk out of here. And I'm like, he goes, who, what kind of idiot would tear this down? And I said, well, for today. So. <laughs> and with that, after the pandemic, I sent an email to Krakow. It's after the pandemic. It's been two years now. Maybe they don't, how would they even remember me? They did. So. This past June, July, I was headlining in Frankfurt, Prague, and Krakow. Excellent.
0: That's-
1: and now, I, again, sometimes you have to, it's being open to opportunity in life. I, I live in Costa Rica. It's, first of all, my, my whole nut, as they call it, is $2,000 a month. Because I built, my, I built a 2,000 square foot dream house for $90,000. There's no property taxes in Costa Rica. But the there's a quarter acre of land behind my house, and the guy was gonna sell it. And if he if I didn't buy it, he would have put apartments there and ruined my privacy because I have an amazing view. So that's why I bought it, and then I'm like, what could I do with it? And then I thought, I'm gonna build my own stage.
0: Excellent.
1: I'm gonna build a stage, a dance floor, and tables, put in a sound system, put in parking spaces. And I'm going to run my own shows, both for my own entertainment. I'm going to hire, because I can hire a jazz band for 200 bucks. Nice. And then I'm going to advertise it, and the money will go straight to charity for whatever we do. You you can just order, it's Costa Rica, but you can order your Uber Eats food and bring your alcohol and come on down. Beautiful. (laughs) I love it. And I'm doing my, now I'm translating my whole act to Spanish. And my new character, I am poppy Azucar. For those who know Spanish, Azucar means sugar. You see, it's basically I'm calling myself Sugar Daddy in Spanish. Excellent, excellent. <laughs> so, and 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 the and it's going to be called poppy Azucar's Place. That's, <laughs> that's <laughs> so anyway. That, I, that's so that's how. See it all. It's all the same. It's the comedy. It's the entrepreneurship. Um, the artistry. It's, it's just all the same, and just so, waiting for the next opportunity.
0: Yeah, it's so cool because it's it's all about you see something and you're going to take a chance at it, and nobody's going to turn you away from it. You, and you, unlike what you were talking about earlier, where you, you say some people don't fall, don't finish, they don't complete, or they don't yes. f- follow what you say, and they or they take a left turn at Albuquerque type thing. You know, it's yes. it's uh, you're following through. That's cool. well, I try, <laughs> <laughs> I try. That's cool. I you know all right so. Let's talk about you being the world's winningest college admission coach. I right. mean, you got to tell us what your inspiration for helping kids do this was, because this is cool. What you're, you're getting ready to talk to us about.
1: I hope so. Well, let's talk about inspiration. Let's talk about in general. Um, this is why, this is why I talk a lot, particularly if I think I can offer someone that's helpful. This goes back to 1984. See, I always had trouble. I always, when I was younger, I guess I was just insecure. I'm only five foot three, 160 centimeters. Um, And that's a a much bigger disability than people realize in the US, not so much other places, but US. If you're a short guy, Cosmo did things like basically, you know, women would rather go with a, a, you know, a retarded, unemployed, overweight
0: con, ex con, then a shortcut. Um, nice. I, I, yeah, I and, think Seinfeld did an sorry? episode of it. Didn't Seinfeld do
1: an episode about. Uh, well, he may, or, or George, yeah, maybe been with George and stuff, but, but it is like that. Yeah. You know? And so the point was, I was very insecure about women, So I, but I said, how can I use my strengths? And I was working in an ad agency. I figured out how to Abramontize into getting married in three weeks, which is what I did okay and because it all happened so fast my new wife had made a deal with one of her girlfriends to attend a singles dance like which was basically a week after we were already married wow. and her and her friend wouldn't let her out of it <laughs> and my new wife wouldn't let me out of going along so it's probably the most uncomfortable thing you can be is married for a week at a singles dance when your wife
0: is the wing woman for her friend wow that's the, how, <laughs> how awkward could that be? That's very awkward. That's, that's the definition of awkwardness there. I think, <laughs> Oh my gosh, man.
1: And it let me change a life. Cause here's what happened. I'm so, I'm like, wait, wait, I see a guy who what well, not a friend, but an acquaintance from Hebrew school. His name was Jay. So at this point, Hebrew school, I guess I was 25. I've been seeing the kid. In you know thirteen years or something, and uh, we're not friends, but just help me with the awkwardness, please. So, Jay, how are you? He goes, hey, Arby, what's new? I well, I got married last week. I said, Why are you in a singles dance? <laughs> I said, well, it all happened so fast. a conversation, so fast, that's for sure. I said, well, I said I figured out how to do it. You see, you take out an ad, and there. Was, this was before nine hundred. it was all it was the New York Singles Date Phone that they advertise in the back of the Village Voice. And you would like make your own tape or listen to other people's tape. And then you actually had to write a letter, a real letter. And so you put a, sometimes you put a photo in, sometimes you don't. And then you wrap that letter in a dollar that gets that pays the, uh, the company that's running the thing, and they send it to them and they forward it to them. I realized everybody's saying, and this is a general rule for anybody who's looking, don't sound desperate. It's not about getting married. It's about you're trying to sell somebody on why you would be a fun date. Excellent. You want to be a fun date, so be funny, be light, be crazy, sound like fun, and that's what I told Jay. Six years later, I'm walking on the Upper East Side. I see Jay approaching me. Remember, he's an acquaintance who I just had this. He helped me in my awkwardness that one night. He says, Harvey, with big eyes. He goes, I was just thinking of you. And I said, that's nice, Jay. But, you know, we were best friends even in Hebrew school. Why would you be thinking about me? He goes, remember that talk we had? Because the part I didn't mention, he was approaching me, walking with a beautiful woman in a baby carriage. Awesome. And he said, do you see my beautiful wife? Do you see my beautiful baby? I got them from following your advice. That's why I think about you almost every day. And that is what has inspired me to be on your show today, to do everything that I do. Now, relative to college admissions coaching, um, back in Dartmouth, I um, wanted to make extra money, and I started tutoring my new SAT system. So right away, you know, I'm seeing kids are getting these amazing scores when they complete, because I have all these tricks. I have 54 rules, follow the rules, get a perfect score. And I'll say it at the end, but, you know, if you have my link, this is just because why wouldn't you do it? If you're listening to this right now, why would you not go to my website, get on my mailing list, and I'm going to give you my whole system for free? I'm not charging a penny for it. Because I want to have that, see, I'm, I'm, a, I'm, a, uh, uh, I'm an endorphin junkie, see? And the endorphin that I'm going to get when you call me in a year and tell me the score your kid got because they act, you actually heard me on Steve's podcast and did it and completed it, Love it's going it. to give me a lot of endorphins. Love it. That's, that's awesome. But the part about the, about, about the helping kids – So the first thing I'm doing with, you know, with the SAT, and then for years, I would do it over the phone. That's all I needed. It's talking kids through the rules to do it this way. You know, even for the math, I can mostly talk it through. And then my big internet business, as these things will, you know, my $2 million a year business died in uh, 2003. No, 2010, 2010, It run for seven years, already was a multimillionaire. And um, and Skype came around, and I started maybe maybe I could teach it on Skype. Maybe this would be interesting. And I started just with the SAT, and then people talked about you know when it became realizing you need to do something else to differentiate yourself, and that's when I realized that I had a set of skills. I, I was thinking, do you remember that uh, taken? The movie Taken. Oh,
0: yes, yes, yes.
1: Yeah, yeah. I was thinking of using it because I've got a very particular set of skills. <laughs> nice. It works. <laughs> yes. And I can get your kid into any school if they complete what I program. But it, <laughs> so, nice. so it, because what I realized is it's marketing. It And this getting into college is a marketing project. You're selling yourself to one person, the admissions officer who's looking at your application, you want to make them say, wow. No, People talk a little bit about this, but what I'll say is you're on the right track, but do you have the creativity to do it, Mr. Admission Coach, Mr. Former Guidance Counselor? No, no, I mean, that's all great. I, I completely trust, I completely trust these admission coaches to create a school list to, um, you know, to tell you, you have to differentiate yourself to stop you from spending 125 hours on volunteer programs when maybe you could have in five hours, created your own charity. If you work with me, but (laughs) anyway, so, but I just saying, these guys are all vanilla The ones. I know how are you going to turn this kid into a superstar? And that, and then I said, oh my God, I have a talent. That, as an example, parents come to me crying. They were actually crying on the phone because it's a brilliant kid who's, as they see it, wasted his life on Fortnite. All he does, mostly. So he has a really slim uh, <laughs> extracurricular resume. Gotcha but I'm Harvey Wizard. So I said, you know what we're going to do? You're, I said, how good are you in Fortnite? Because I'm in the top 5% of the world. Jeez. I said, so you're now going to be the top Fortnite coach in the world. You're going to charge $150 an hour for kids to get their Christmas presents or their birthday presents with with an hour for you.
0: Love it. Oh my gosh.
1: And then... You know, because in the digital world, every every business is basically substantiated by a website. Yes. I use Wix.com and then I'll tell you, I'm going to leave all this away. Don't come to me with, don't let your kid code a website. Because no matter how amazingly talented your 17 year old is, they're going to spend six months coding. It's never going to look as good as the Wix template you could get for free, which you can just mock up and look as professional as all of those technologically challenged 50-year-olds who are real business people who are using Wix. So, I mean, the kids who work with me, they, are, they run their own podcasts. They are published authors. Any of your listeners wants to pay, don't pay me. I'll show you how to do it. If you work with me, for 500 bucks, I can make anybody a best-selling author on Amazon. Oh, that's
0: that's <laughs> sweet. <laughs> nice.
1: Right. So yeah, it's an incredible joy for me because as an example, I got a review recently. Guy called me last year. I didn't even have space. So I only work with 60 kids a year, but I will give part of what I'm doing. Go to my website, sign up. I will give anybody 15 minutes and I'll tell you how to get your kid into any school they want for free. And you get my free, um, you get my free, uh, entire SAT course too. Yeah. Cause I can't, I only have room for 60. I have something better than anybody else in the world. Um, And, you know, and I want to help. And I really want to (laughs) help because I understand everybody needs to make a living. But the problem is if you're selling enough, let's say you're selling an SAT class, here's the truth. Everybody, when we talk about, you know, what everybody should know the SAT is designed to beat you. That's why it exists. You've got 20, all these kids with A grades. How do we differentiate? Well, we need to give them a bigger challenge. And the SAT, does you do need to know the content, but fundamentally, it's designed to trick you in every question. Therefore, the best thing you do for a kid is teaching them how to beat the test, which is what my system does. Excellent. So let's be real. Now, here's the problem. There's so much desperation. Everybody wants, that's why the varsity blue scandal will happen. Desperation. How do I get my kid? I get my kid- my kid- school? school? So there, that's what creates the market for SAT tutoring. What nobody I've ever seen has been honest about is how much practice it actually takes. I mean, you know, Malcolm Gabwell says 10,000. It doesn't take 10,000 hours. With my system, it takes about 100, 150. And interestingly, a guy called me from Harvard a number of years ago, he wanted me to work with his sister. And he said, and he had gotten a 1580 on his own SAT through self-study. And he said, but I want to make it easier for my kid's sister. I've gotten some money now. And um, how many hours if I work with you, will my, kid have to, will my sister have to invest? And I said, 100, 150. He goes, how is that possible? He said, I put in two hours a day, every day for two years. That's 1,500 hours to get my score. I said, because I have a system. He said, 100, 150 hours? I said, yeah, my problem is... Kids sign up and pay the money, they don't put in the 100, 150 hours. But my point is, every tutoring company says a line that I believe is complete crap. We're gonna find the, we're gonna find your kids' weaknesses and fill them up. Even if you do that, you're not gonna get the score you want because it's about the trickiness of the test. It's, it's, a, it's not tutoring if you do it right, it's brain training. Train, okay. So now people sign up, but it sounds very attractive to purchase an eight-week boot camp. where they're going to fill up those, we're going we're to find the weaknesses and fill them. It's, it's crap. It's complete crap. And th- you know, so that's why I only offer an unlimited program because I got to keep them around long enough. I got to tell them, you may. I had a student, as a student had, she came to me in 10th grade, 1300. Brilliant. She's number two at Andover. People don't know that's one of the most competitive schools to get into. Brilliant. This is this is a brilliant kid, right? But she's only got thirteen hundred out of sixteen hundred SAT. It's not going to get her into the school she wants to go into. She starts tutoring, learns my rules, working with a teacher. After about two months, she's hitting fifteen thirty pretty consistently on her practice tests. But when you're seventeen. And you go into this room and you've got that little voice in the back of your head that says, my life depends on this. My life depends on this. All bets are off. You're most likely going to screw up the first two, three or four. It's already a year and a half later, October of her senior year. She retakes the SAT. She's still only up to 1470 in a real one. I advise I, my gut is take those two extra chances in November and December and I think you're gonna hit it. November of her senior year, she gets a 1450, now we're, 1540 rather, now we're ready. She's created all the things I wanted, her rest, everything's in place, we send it out, accepted to Princeton, Yale, uh, Columbia, Dartmouth, University of Virginia, Wake Forest, and offers for six full ride scholarships and honors programs. Incredible. She's at Princeton now. Incredible. That's the reality of succeeding That's the reality and I don't care who, everybody can get lucky, but, and, and that's what gets me so upset. So everybody's just selling what people want. We talked about this, right? Sell what people want parents want the quick fix. yes, (laughs) But it's all crap. It's all crap. And that's why I would much rather you take my free course and get your kid to just practice. It's me on video. You know, and I'm just giving it away because it's the right thing to do. And now I'll tell you why, I, and when I say that, I know I'm the winningest because I, I never lose. Even Entrepreneur Magazine, when they wrote the article about me, they said it was 95%, you know, because that was 2012, I've, I've uh, got to think I made it better since then. And you know how I made it better? I just scream better. I can look into kids' eyes and pretty much know if they're gonna succeed or not in three minutes. Because if you don't have the fire in the belly, not going to happen.
0: Gotcha. Not going to happen.
1: Yeah, but the way that and the way that I met um, John Katzman, the founder of the Prince Review, it was kind of cool because we were actually he graduated, he graduated um, Princeton eighty one. I graduated Dartmouth in eighty, so we're kind of contemporaries. It started. I was at, at Barnes and Noble's in New York City, getting ready to get a book gift wrapped. And you know who they've got gift? It's Christmas time. And they've got, you know who's, you know who's manning the gift wrapping table? Ooh. Women from a local PTA. Okay. Barnes and Nobles was smart. They're like, they're going to say, you, they go to PTAs. and said, you can, you, you do the gift wrapping for free and you can have a tip jar to support your PTA. Well, clearly this woman was pretty frazzled. Been there for hours. There's three bucks in her tip jar. So I say to her, you know, maybe I can help you out. I will come to your school, and I'd already done this in a number of places. I will do an I will do a 90-minute presentation to your entire auditorium and teach all of my rules to get a perfect SAT score. You collect whatever you want at the door for whoever you want. I mean, I've raised money for PTAs, for cancer charities, for whatever. But this is New York. So this woman, and we've talked about this, this woman gives me that look of. What's your angle, buddy? Like, <laughs> nobody does things for free. <laughs> nobody does things out of the goodness of their heart. Oh, I know. I know you've got something up your sleeve. I can just feel it. And this is when life, this is when you, you have to believe in miracles or whatever. I don't know. I get a tap. This is, think of how amazing what I'm about to tell you is. I get a tap on my shoulder. I turn around. The woman behind me in line says, are you Harvey the college wizard? Nice. Now, this is eight years ago. More than, I have not been on a, at that point, I had not been on a single podcast, no public relate. You know, I wasn't in, written up anywhere. I just had some Google ads, which is how people found out about me. And I said, well, yeah, but how do you know that? And they said, well, I work in John Katzman's office, the guy who started the Prince Review. And we're talking about you because we can't understand how anybody could offer unlimited lessons for a package price and be profitable. So I said, well, I'll tell him. So I, after that, I emailed him. I said, is this even real? <laughs> it <Right? laughs> like bizarre. Is this even real? Right. So I emailed him. He's like, yeah, I'm very interested. So there I am sitting next to John Katzman, wow. the founder of the Prince Review. And he says, how do you do it, Harvey? I said, well, I've got a better system than you, John. <laughs> That's how I can do it. And he says, what do you mean? I said, well, I can get you a perfect reading score in one sentence. And I gave him the sentence I gave you guys. And he said, well, Harvey, he goes, you seem like a smart guy and all but I've been in this business for 35 years. I've made close to $300 million with this. I don't believe that. It can't be that simple. I, I don't believe it. So there I am. I wish I had video of me sitting with the founder of the Prince review, going through the college board book, reading question after reading question after reading question. And he finally looks up at me and he says, well, Harvey, I guess I could say our assistants are cousins of one another, but to be honest, we at the Prince review would be your very stupid cousin. And then he wanted to do a deal with me that I turned down because I'm not a corporate guy. <laughs> As you may have as you may be able to guess. Yes, I think so. Yes. (laughs) It's just not, it's going to ruin it for me, you know? So thank you very much.
0: That's cool. And
1: interestingly, interestingly, I sent him, because we're on LinkedIn, I sent him a LinkedIn a few months ago when I was starting to go on podcasts. And I said, John, my dream, I want to give my system, you said it was the best. You said, why don't we do this together and give it away to every high school in the country? The kids still have to do the work, but we're going to think of how many life-saving hours we can give teenagers back by just doing it the right way. And if you would, you know, if we do it together and you say it's real, people will believe it. Me, maybe not. He, and I said, if you, and just so you know, I'm going to be telling this story on podcasts over and over and over again. Just, he, and he ghosted me. So I'm cool. <laughs> <laughs> no, nice. Because because I wrote I said I want to have this, you know, in writing that I offered him the chance and that's his chance to say I don't know who you are. I never met you. Right. Don't do that. <laughs> there you go.
0: Excellent. It's yeah, you know, this is it, there's a consistent theme here. What's cool is I mean, you still had a conversation with the man and whether he ghosted you or not, which is kind of cool to be able to say you were ghosted by him. So, um but maybe, yeah. Well,
1: well, the other thing, this I will point out, because this is one of the problems that I have. Look, everybody's entitled to make a living. But I was just searching around. I found out that he is charged. You can actually work one-on-one with John Katzman for only $1,000 an hour. Wow. And I'm like, really, John? Really? I, 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 and I'm like, I'll give you everything for free. But see, people don't, you know, they're like, oh, well, who is... He? Who is this
0: guy? We'll go back to the other lady with uh, "What's your angle?" Right? <laughs> <laughs> what's your angle? Exactly. Excellent. I, so, so I got to you know one of the things I've I've uh, watched you talk about on your YouTube channel is that uh, um, you know some colleges have decided that the SAT is optional, and you're like, it's not mm-hmm. optional. You got to talk about that. Sure. Let's.
1: I th- see somehow parents. I, I don't even know what they're thinking. <laughs> You're trying to get your kid into a place that rejects 95%. Let's say they reject 90%. You have to pay $70, whatever it is, the application fee. B and C students are not applying to these schools. You're putting yourself in a room with everybody who looks just like you. So why the heck would you do anything less than the best you possibly can? The whole national merit, you know, the, the the score you get on the PSAT determines whether you are called national merit scholar. Now, you, but some people think there's money. There's not much money involved in it. If you happen to be a minority, there's some money. But there's not much money. It's really the feather in your cap. And that was long before the SAT was optional. And you try to do that because you want to put everything you can. You wanna have the best grades, the most AP classes. Again, you know, there's a strategy to it. Don't take more AP classes than you can get A's in, things like that, but you wanna do everything. Are you not seeing the numbers? Are you blind? Do you not know what 90? See, that problem is that P, somehow parents see five or 10%. They don't focus on the 90% rejection rate. That's why the SAT is an option.
0: Gotcha. That's and that's powerful information because when it, like when you watch you on your video and you're talking about it, you want to stand out. Well, <laughs> how are you gonna make yourself stand out if everybody's not taking it well? One of the ways would be to take it and uh, do very well, <laughs> and yes. do really
1: really well. Yes, yeah, exactly. Exactly. and that, that's my point because I'm like, it, it blows me away sometimes. I'm giving it to you for free. I even I even I, I even mean, throw around this sometimes just to just to you know incentivize people. I'm like, hey if you can bring me any reading question on a real SAT that my rule doesn't work on, I will pay you $10,000. So you don't, I will also tell you that I've had this offer for 45 years and no one's been able to take me up on it because my system works. But parent tell your kid that if they find one place where Harvey's rule doesn't work, they'll get $10,000, which I will. Cause you know what that's going to do? If they actually are aiming for the ten thousand dollars, they're going to discover they can't get the ten thousand dollars. But oh, I just learned how to get a perfect SAT score. Excellent! It's got to be smart, parents. Got to be smart with it.
0: I love that. That's because that's a that's a great thing to tell the you know, to start off by telling a parent. You know, just <laughs> I got a perfect way for your kid to figure out how you know what they got to do. And uh, here you go, ten thousand dollars. They can prove me wrong. <laughs> so nice. <laughs>
1: <laughs> I, I, you know, I, I, it, it's my biggest, I, I'm not, I'm just, and, and then there's another thing when you said, about, you know, why am I passionate about it? I'm more passionate now. I'm going to say this really, can say this really quickly, but it's important because I'm, there's a lot of parents listening now. Right. Right. Okay. Um, my only child, my daughter, my brilliant daughter, um, died at 28, two years ago. And cause she did something stupid. That's the truth she did something stupid and um and i didn't have what i would normally have had um connecting to her because of a very very um acrimonious divorce where my uh my ex-wife pretty much turned uh, my daughter somewhat against me but to the point where i didn't have that kind of parental right to call her every day and said honey now the pandemic is happening why don't you write every day I mean, she's, she was a production manager for reality shows, which was exactly what she said she wanted to do in 10th grade when I constructed the, um, the roadmap for her to get there. And she, she had a party. <laughs> she was, she, she's on Prozac for anxiety. She drank, she snorted cocaine. She went outside uh, to dump the garbage. She decided, because she's been taking these these, uh, um, these photos for Instagram, like in dangerous places, she climbed over the railing outside her apartment to take a YouTube, to take a photo she fell to her death. Oh my gosh. And and actually that's how I, my best-selling book has a chapter in it where I explain how I was able to find joy shortly after her death. Because the first thing that I thought about was how long exactly does she want me to be miserable? How long do I want someone I love to be miserable? But sometimes I feel with the things that I'm doing because that it's like, well, let me, let me work on her behalf. Let me take, it's really this It's that since I don't have the right, since I don't have anybody to
0: parent anymore,
1: I, I just parent everybody.
0: That's powerful. That really is. I, and I appreciate you sharing with it, with us about how, how she died and that, that she did. Um, because your advice right there is just so, I mean, how, how long are you going to grieve? How long are you going to hate life? Or how long are, whatever the words you want to put in there. Yeah. But but it's also why
1: parents are too soft these days. You know? And the best things I've ever done as a parent, when I look back, are where I pushed my daughter where I wouldn't let, where I forced her to take responsibility, wouldn't let her out of stuff. Do you know how many, you know, it's interesting. I used to charge 3,900 for what I now charge 10,000 for for a number of reasons, partly because um, can I talk about how, how my business changes the world separate from the kids? Sure. And about why being an entrepreneur is always helpful until about two, three years ago, I was doing everything myself, all the teaching, all the counseling, all the coaching and all the essay writing. I do everything for the kids who come to me. That's why I only do it right now. with 60 kids a year. It was less because I was doing everything myself. And I'd always thought if I could find great teachers who'd work with me, great teachers, then I would let them teach because I can teach them my system and they can teach it. But the problem was the economics. How can I get a teacher who's going to be passionate? The kind of money i could pay and still be profitable then here in costa rica somehow i was talking to someone one day i found out you know the max a master teacher can make here in costa rica we're talking about 15 years experience master's degree um working at the most elite school in the country english-speaking school three hundred dollars a week wow i said that's my opportunity So I took an ad out in Facebook, just locally, said, looking for the best teachers in the country, um, you know, I will pay you, I will pay you $600 a week to work from home for me. Nice. I knew I was on the right track when I got a bunch of comments on my Facebook ad. This must be a scam. (laughs) No one in Costa Rica would ever, could ever pay $600 to a teacher for a week.
0: Gosh, I can, I can, and I could hear that comment too.
1: (laughs) So that's how I found Professor Nello, who's now my academic director. She started amazing person. Just you know, beyond how great of a teacher she is, just a she's just such an amazing person. Warm, loving, brilliant. Passion about teaching. Oh my God. And she starts, you know, and we started sort of play, she starts of, I see she's getting better. Some of my kids are doing better than me. She's way more patient than me. And I'm like, this is the right person for the right job. And about two years ago, I started, re- you know, it's important as you have to realize when it's time to go, I realized I was losing my patience for the teaching, you know, because it's funny with the reading it comes down to, kid okay, brings me the wrong answer. And it, well, Johnny, the word bewildered is in your answer is the word bewildered is in the answer. You pick where it was the match. I would be, you as an educator, you understand you would be so gratified if the kid pointed to a word that wasn't quite a match, at least they tried. Right. Right. Do you know? And this is 98%. I don't care how smart the kid is. This is a lot of the lesson. You point out the word that they missed. Why did you pick the answer with the word that didn't match? Oh, I forgot. So, yeah, so I'm losing my patience. But, but they've got great patience for that. That's, okay. And you just have to be willing to go through that until the kids. Do you know I had a kid after six months look up at me and say, did you mean every word? <laughs> yeah. Jeez. <Nice>. So, <laughs> so, so anyway, so teach. if I can get my, if they use my system and teach it, this will be an even better thing. And then I said, you know what, let me make a little bit, we need a couple more teachers. I said, how about we do this? I said, what about if from tomorrow we're 50, 50 partners with no buy-in? Because what had been happening was I was just giving her my overflow for free. And I said, what if we do it this way? You don't buy in 50, we'll 50% profit partners, but you do everything teaching. You deal with the parents. You hire the teachers, you train the teachers, everything. She put in systems way more way more powerful than anything I'd ever done. The teachers, the work, the two teachers who work with me, their lives have been changed. And Professor Nella, because I take a, you take a little luck, a little trying to help somebody, she's currently at the University of Edinburgh getting a master's degree. Now, this is why Zoom is so great. You know, I'm I'm an international company now. So, uh, but but within six months of working with me, there's a special program because she's a student because she's in the doctorate program. There's a special program in Scotland that lets new homebuyers just pay rent for two years and then that converts to mortgage payment. Because she had the money the bank deposits for the six months of working with me, she was able to buy a three hundred and fifty thousand dollar apartment in Annenborough.
0: excellent Ah, sweet so I'm happy I, I can imagine <laughs> very cool and that, that, this is awesome i you know i gotta I gotta ask you um harvey I mean one of the things that you part of your message is also that what you teach is applicable in life. Some of the biggest right. cha- challenges. Can you just go there for a minute?
1: Yeah, it's simple. Um, <laughs> keep going. Differentiate yourself. Work harder than the next person and pay attention. It's all about paying attention. You have to pay attention to the SAT. You have to pay attention to opportunities. Didn't I just tell you about, I, someone told me that, Teachers only get three hundred dollars a week. Yes, most people are like uh huh. <laughs> I've now created what I I'll challenge any and and it's interesting because I almost did a twenty million dollar deal. Guy who runs the largest foreign it, it, he's in he's an he's a Chinese American who first you know immigrated from China all his contacts are in China he has half the market supposedly of getting kids from china to american schools and a friend of mine set up this meeting and he was like you you have a system nobody else has a system and you are actually paying less for higher quality tutoring than anybody else in the world and he had this he wanted to turn into an ipo and it turned out the guy was a complete liar it was I, i just cut off dealing with him on but but he recognized that what I was doing was actually one of the funniest things he said to me he said like he goes you know he goes we've been hiring the uh we've been hiring a, the former uh director of emissions from Dartmouth to help he goes but uh he's not as funny as
0: you <laughs> <laughs> <Nice>. <laughs> that's, uh. cool. that's cool well I, this is uh, Harvey, this is so cool talking to you about these different ways that you know by being by taking advantage of opportunities by looking at following your um, your system and uh, following it, completing it, <laughs> um, which is a key, obviously. Um, yes. This is so cool, learning all this information. And, and i got to make sure that I ask you this because we're getting close to finishing up. If sure, some, sure, if, sure. If someone wanted to learn more, where are you going to send them?
1: Just go to – you can Google harveywizard.com. You can – just go to harveywizard.com. Everything about me is there. There's links to – you, you can go there and, and you'll meet and you'll talk with me, not my staff. You get 50 minutes with me. I'll show you how to make, get your kid into school and I'll give you access to my whole system for free.
0: That's it. Excellent. Excellent. And I'll put that link in the show notes so it's easy for them to find. And we Great. got it. And I got two more questions I want to ask you. There, Sure. Nothing to do okay. with it. And the first one goes like this. How do you keep going when so much is going on that you may want to quit?
1: Um, it's hard if you haven't had this, if you haven't ever had success that came after worrying about quitting for a long time. And I, I, I but, but you will have it. I mean, I think for instance, a couple of businesses I created because either that or I would fail, you know, so it's, you just have to keep Digging, digging deep and, and remembering, this is what I tell all my students sometimes when they don't want to practice. I said, every test you do, you're stepping over the bodies of the kids who wouldn't practice. So whenever something gets really hard and you're ready to give up, you have to remind yourself, this is when people give up. This is how I can differentiate myself.
0: Ah, oh, that's powerful because they're listening. That's exactly right. I mean, there's so many different places you can give that as an example that we're, this is where people give up and I just need to keep going.
1: Yeah, works for everything.
0: <laughs> oh, I love that. Oh, I love that. Uh, last question, Harvey Do you have a teacher in your past who made a difference in your life? If so, who was it and what would you say if given the chance to say thank you?
1: Well, I, there, there is one, and I did say thank you. So uh, I, I tell the story very quickly. Uh, when I was at Dartmouth, I actually went there with the idea that this is about learning. It was all about learning. And I also had the hubris to believe that, but maybe it wasn't hubris. I mean, you go to a school at like Dartmouth, you've got these stacks, you've got all the original materials. Why can't I come up with as good an idea as anybody else. I mean, I might not, but why can't I? I was in a, and and there was one, his name is David Lagomarsino. I believe he's, uh, Professor Emeritus now. He was a young professor in uh, 1976, I guess, when I had him in a a medieval history class. And he, he would listen to me and he, um, he encouraged me. And And this, and it really started with this, but this is the whole thing. We were, one of the things that Dartmouth, I don't think they still do it. Every student had to read Paradise Lost by Milton in freshman English. Everybody had to do that, right? And one of the, one of the questions you encounter in Paradise Lost, this whole idea of, is it free will versus determinism? If God knew it was going to happen, how do you have free will and all this? So everybody's debating this free will determinism thing. Meanwhile, in my, in my English in in my medieval history class with with Professor Alcumcino, we're learning about the philosophy of nominalism. It's a weird philosophy. And And then I do this research and I find out that Milton was a nominalist. And if you look at nominalist philosophy, there's no conflict between free will and determinism. So I brought that into my English class. Because I was like, if we're really here for the truth, we have to address this. Maybe the question is completely moot. Maybe he's just anomalist. and now maybe I've solved the problem that everybody who's read Paradise Lost has ever encountered. Maybe this is the answer. And my point was, if it's not, teacher, tell me why not. Don't say Harvey. Um, why don't you come to class? Why don't you meet me after class and tell me that you want to have a discussion about my uh, about my um approach to literature, which is not fitting within (laughs) the class. And this guy just kept in in many, he encouraged me. I mean, I had a teacher tell me don't speak in class anymore because my remarks were off center. gosh. And basically I called him, I called him and I said, thank you for encouraging me. And that same kind of thinking that made people tell me not to talk in class. Is exactly why I'm now a a multimillionaire and I'm helping kids all over the country and nobody else was supporting me. And you did you have no idea how much that meant at the time and how much it still means to me. Yes, that's what I
0: said. That's awesome. And I can't thank you enough for sharing that. That is so cool. I, you yeah, know, Harvey, it, it's just wonderful talking with you today. The college admission process is daunting. <laughs> and, uh, you know, there's so many things that, uh, you know, people tell you and they, they make you think this is part of the process and you kind of cut to the chase and, and give people the idea, you know, you know, it, it, how they can do it without having to get sidetracked by stuff that really probably doesn't matter in the long run. Yes. Which is so exactly. cool. I, I mean, um, how you help kids and their parents deal with this challenge is amazing. And I wish you the best in all you do. And thank you for doing what you do.
1: Thank you so much for having me. It's been a great
0: joy for me. Hey, you have been listening to teaching, learning, leading K-12, a podcast to help you help kids achieve their dreams. Teaching, learning, leading K-12 is a member of the education podcast network, podcasts for educators, Podcast by educators. Teaching, learning, leading K-12 is a member of the podcast network based in Canada called voiceed radio. Voice Ed Radio, your voice is right. here. The opinions expressed on Teaching Learning Leading K-12 are those of the guests and host. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is intended to share ideas, advice, and suggestions. Teaching Learning Leading K-12 is produced for educational purposes. Hey, thanks for listening. It would be awesome if you visited my website at stephenmuleto.com and connected with me, left a review, and listened to more episodes. And by the way, you could also share it with your friends, with your family, and uh, your colleagues. Thanks so much. You're awesome.